Now it's time for Union County Edgecast, a podcast to discuss the current economic development environment within Union County, North Carolina, the Greater Charlotte area, the state of North Carolina and beyond. During this time, Chris will discuss many topics with guests ranging from industrial leaders, important allies and thought leaders throughout the economic development landscape. You can also find the video version of this episode on the Monroe Union County Economic Development's YouTube channel and other social media platforms. Please know that the views, information or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the policies or positions of any other agency, organisation, employer or company. Now let me introduce your host, Chris Plate, Executive Director of Monroe Union County Economic Development. So our guest today is uh, Mr. Dan Wark. Yep. He's the market leader for Sentara Corporation. So Dan, uh, thanks for joining us Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So um, just to make sure everyone's aware, the purpose of this podcast is just to sort of talk about you know our world, the economic development world, yep. uh, and how Sentara plays into that as a key ally to a lot of what we're trying to do and, and hopefully find out what's going on in the region. Now, obviously, you guys are a multi-state corporation, so right. it gives us a, a viewpoint of what kind of what's going on outside of Union County, and then we'll kind of dial it back in okay. uh, to what we're trying to do here. But um, So first, uh, with these, we'd like to kind of start out and let people know who you are. So where were you born? Uh, so actually, I was born and raised in a little town called Murfreesboro, North Carolina. Um, yeah, so it's way out uh, northeastern part of North Carolina, about 10 minutes from Virginia, about an hour and a half from the Outer Banks. Um, so, yeah, I was born and raised there until I was 18 and then uh, made my way out to the Charlotte region. And so, so where'd you go to school? So I came here to go to UNC Charlotte. Excellent. So, yep. Excellent. Well, this is the second Niner, our first uh, podcast. We had Clint Lawrence with oh, Lawrence yeah. and Associates, and yep. Clint is a Niner as well. Uh, it was one of those uh, things that uh, we were talking about was just how incredible uh, that university has become yes you know, in the last 10 plus years uh it is dramatically different than, it, than what absolutely it was. That, what are some of those things that i think you you got to be a proud niner oh absolutely uh, so what's something so the first time i saw the campus was in 98 when i did a visit and then went to started going to school there in 99 and um, was there for a few years but over the last 15 years i've seen it just explode and i was lucky enough to actually work on a few projects there so the football oh, stadium really? i worked on the football stadium from beginning to end uh two of the, the other dormitories that are on campus i got to help build um so i've seen a lot of that go on firsthand and i lived in university for quite a few for about uh 16 years and oh, wow. so i kind of was right there beside it for years and got to see it just explode but it's been amazing i mean that and I love it. I mean, that, that campus, uh, when I came there to visit there in 98, it's beautiful. And even now, it, they just continue to grow on it. So, Gosh, I know. It's like over a billion dollars, I think. Of uh, yeah, it, I, I don't even know the number. I know it's a lot. Ridiculous number. But it is, uh, it is what a great asset for the region. Yeah. It's great. So um, you went there for engineering. I did. Why did you, what drove you from your past or whatever? What made you want to be an engineer? So I grew up, uh, I worked in construction a lot growing up from when I was 13. I worked for a friend of my dad's building residential homes. And for most of the time it was during the summer or any kind of breaks. I worked as a laborer and uh, learned to be a carpenter and just mm -hmm. worked in contracting. And well, I got into architecture as well and, and had a 
draw house plans and things like that. So originally, I thought I was going to be an architect, and UNC Charlotte had a great Columbus, architectural yeah. school. Um, so I looked here, and um, but I got to talking to an advisor preliminarily before I came here, and they said, well, we've got architecture, but your background also maybe fits engineering. We've got a really good engineering school, so just come and fill it out and see, you know, take yeah. introductory courses and see where you go. And uh, I think within about a month of doing architecture introductory classes and, and engineering, <laughs> I was like, engineering is definitely what I am. Yeah. Like I'm more, you know, hands-on and into the building part of it. And um, so it just kind of snowballed from there and right. found my, my field in civil engineering and just stuck with it. Excellent. So I, I started out in architecture. Yeah, well. yeah, I think we, yeah, yeah, we've talked so, about that before. And uh, yeah, the land of the midnight sun and yep. uh, the buildings down there where you just never go to sleep. And so, yeah, I can definitely understand uh, the, the reason you sort of went a different path. That's, oh, yeah. That's a hard, hard degree just, to do. And it's just the mentality, too, is much yes. more artistic than I originally. I think a lot of people, when they think of architecture, they see architectural plans and drawing those out. But architects are much more. Um, just visual and, and asked from the aesthetic standpoint and just yeah. just are creative you know in that regard whether but, it can be built or not right yeah, and, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. That was, i think that was one of my problems with it was some of the reality wasn't there yeah well like, that's God, the engineers the whole my... point of the engineer is to diminish the architect's dreams and say no <laughs> you got this this high hope will diminish it down to, to here and this is what we can actually build but exactly. no that was always the running joke with between architects and engineering when i was in school so <laughs> i love it i love it all right so what is um you know, I think people obviously know you from the engineering side and right. you know, your, your past. What's something they may not know about you? Um, well, kind of uh, leading into one of my um, comments while I go. So I'm, I'm actually a, a really good uh, carpenter. Yeah. So I, I build furniture. Um, I've built quite a few things around the house. I just got done building my kids a, a swing set in, in the middle of building a playhouse that goes onto the side oh, of wow. it and uh, kind of building it all from scratch. So yeah. um, I haven't really done a whole lot of woodwork in the last four years, and my oldest child is four years old, so you can kind of see where right. the time went. But I used to do a lot, and then, yeah, it's it diminished over the last few years. But with uh, everything that's been going on the last few months, I've had a little bit of extra time on my hands. So uh, house projects have been there. So it's it's been good to, to get back out in the shop and, and do some woodwork. So, yeah. Yep. That's the uh, same, same for me. Yeah, was, I know you uh, enjoyed it as well. So, yeah, yeah, I was getting out, uh, just redid some stuff in our kitchen yep. and uh, just refacing some things. And, yeah, to get the table saw going again. And yeah, getting, yeah, just man glitter all over you. Yep, and, uh, and sawdust and, yeah, yeah. getting it in your, in your nose and everywhere yeah. else. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, something relaxing about it and, yeah. and uh, soothing. So, yep. yeah. And you have to stay focused because you, you know, do you come back with a You got to keep all your seat. digits, yeah. yeah. You got to keep all the digits, so, yep. <laughs> Um, well, hey, you know, I think uh, your career, I think where we first met each other was through SNME, mm -hmm. sort of where you got your career started, I believe, unless it was something prior to that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was in the geotechnical and uh, construction side. side. And construction yep. side. So, you know, with that, uh, what can you tell us about that? What, was, what drew you? Uh, to that from obviously you were doing the civil engineering what kind of drew you to that specific well, piece of it so coming out of college um i came out around 2005 and the market was really good um but a lot of the opportunities on the engineering side were more what i was uh, more interested in was geotechnical and construction mm -hmm. so that's the side that i went into was doing you know geotechnical and going out doing uh, borings and soil classifications and then on the construction side you know getting involved on projects and um, one of the first projects I worked on was the Levine's Children's Hospital, and that was uh, from beginning to end. I was wow. on that project for 22 months, and really? yep. And so I was 
Um, one of my neat story about that is I was 65 feet in the ground on that project. Like I think two weeks after uh, going to SNME, I had to do what they call a downhole inspection. So you basically go down on a five foot diameter drilled shaft oh that's gosh. 65 feet in the ground and beat the rock at the bottom to see how hard it is and test it out. And um, so from that, and but then you know two years later where we capped out the structure at the top. Um, so that seeing a project from beginning to end like that, that was just. You know, and it's a beautiful building too. I mean, but right. you know, well, the, the lives that it has changed, right? You know, so that be a, a part of that kind of project's got to be pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, and but things like that throughout um, the years. I was there for a little over eleven years, or right at eleven years. Um, I got to see, you know, things like that. I got to help build the Google Data Center up in Lenore. Yeah. Um, you know, got to help build it was Wachovia at the time. That was the Duke Energy Tower downtown, um, the Forty Nine er Football Stadium. So right. you know, I've got to work on a lot of. Um, the Matthew Sportsplex. Yeah. Um, so I worked on that project basically from beginning to end. So I've got to see a lot of really cool things from yeah. the very beginning to, to end of construction. So that was... Got a few um, things here in Union County. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah the, I helped do the uh, the airport, uh, the expansion you did on your... Um, right. Yeah, that was, I think, when we first crossed paths. Um, so, you know, on the industrial side, um, you know, parks and rec, hospitals, schools. So, yeah, yeah. it's been kind of a wide range that kind of led me into more the civil design side that I'm in now. You know, I've seen how all of it got built now on the design side. It didn't make a lot more sense when you're when you're drafting it out. So Right. And I, from a layman's uh, standpoint, that uh, it it can probably drive you guys crazy because, you know, I'll call you up and say, I need some holes punched in the ground. Yeah. And, you know, I think the uh, engineering term is borings performed. Yeah. Yet. Well, when my client said, I'm like, whatever you want to call it, that's what it's called. <laughs> but for, yeah, going out and uh, drilling, some, you know, getting some borings done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The um, so in the previous work experiences that you've had, you know, how did that lead you to the, your path now with Centera? So um, the business development side that I've, I'm, I'm a lot more in on now um, just right, kind of came out, yeah, of, out of necessity. Yeah, you've changed, kind of morphed into both engineering as well as now as business is the, development is the face of the, the company here in the Charlotte market. Right. So um, coming out, I was much more just the kind of in the weeds person on the construction side, but then I got into civil design. Um, but you know when. When that started out, there wasn't a whole lot uh, on the client side, so I had to kind of start to build that up. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the only way to do that is to get out there and go talk to people. So I had a really good mentor that uh, just kind of was more on the business development side, and he said, "This is what you need to do." He said, yeah. "Go out and and talk to people, join these different organizations." And um, so I I did that and just kind of hit more from there. And um, I'm I'm one of I guess a few engineers that can go out and, and talk to people as I've been told, but, uh, just being able to go out and, and have a conversation with people and, and, and just see what, what they need and see how we're able to solve those problems. And that's yeah. what, uh, what things have morphed into place with Centera's pretty much every day, you know, we have clients call us up or every week call us up and say, Hey, we've got this one thing that we want to do. Can you guys help with that? And we have such a wide array of different things that we do. We just, tend to find a way to make it work, whether it's doing it all in-house or using a sub to help us out, but just taking their problems and solving them, which is what engineers, you know, engineering, that's what it's all about, solving problems. The fun part of engineering. Right, the fun part of engineering. So not permitting. That's not the fun part of engineering. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what – and so with that, um, kind of growing the Centera market up here in North Carolina as we're headquartered out of Greenville, South Carolina, but uh, really growing the, the, the Charlotte branch and up here in North Carolina for the last two and a half, almost three years. Yeah. 
the um, you know that's one of the things I've always appreciated. You know, you took over the reins at Centera here in right. Charlotte. It was the ideas that you would come to us. Hey, have you thought about this? We're doing this in another market. Right. You know, and just kind of really things that are innovative that sort of challenge us too yep. on how we could do some things, you know, in marketing our site. So looking at that, what are what have you seen that has sort of changed in your business and what is sort of on the horizon? I know um, you know, you've been engaged in some pretty interesting innovative things. So yep. what do you see sort of coming as maybe the new norm for companies like Centera or just for folks like myself that have to interact with clients? Well on the economic development side I think we've um, what we see a lot is, and even this has heightened it more, but I know over the past few years you've seen a lot of virtual things that people yeah. are getting adapted to, whether it's the drone videos or just different ways to virtually advertise your pro- your products, your sites, your spec buildings, whatever it is. Um, you know, so this, um, you know, with COVID-19 coming in, that that's really changed. Well, not changed, but it's heightened all that mm-hmm. so much more where now everything is going gone virtual and, you just have to find different ways of, of doing that, um, you know, and, and, of course, webinars and things like that that have become right. much more prominent. But um, what we see right now is that's going to be a mainstay. So, you know, helping our clients find ways to be uh, innovative and, and different ways of, mm-hmm. of advertising not only their, their product and their sites but their communities and things that we've talked about like GIS story maps right. and stuff like that of, of how you can, you know, get people on your website and, and take a look at, not only in the weed details of, of sites and things like that, but looking at the whole community and, and you know, um, you know your your workforce and quality of life and things like that. So right. you can just find different ways of, of showing people, you know, why they want to be in these areas. So those are, again, these are all things that came about from uh, things that our clients wanted to, to see and, and wanted to show. And they're like, well, how can you – we just – created them and then we start sharing them with our right. other clients and they're like well i would like to do this or this and it, so each one of them is different for every client that we do like yeah. whether it's a story map or site marketing flyer or drone video so um, they all differ in some way because it really needs to just show what our specific clients want to do right. um, on the horizon we'll see i mean it, it, uh, to me i think it's it's just going to continue to grow more and more on on that virtual side so um, whether, you know, the 3D modeling thing continues to, to get mm-hmm. bigger and showing, you know, 3D models in, in real-time drone videos and things like that. That's some of the things that we're trying to get into now. And um, so I, I think that's going to continue to grow more and more. So, And yeah. as the challenges arise, we'll see how we can tackle them. Yeah, and you and I both had to host a webinar yep. in CDA, and the one that you were uh, in charge of really was fascinating to you know, brought together some site selectors, right? And, you know, with Beth down in um, in Greenville, and then uh, Keith, what he's doing at Duke, and then also and Aaron with Golden Shovel, yep. And that was just fascinating to see sort of some of the examples of where you know because of COVID, we may not be traveling as much, particularly right. to foreign countries or to you know across the you know to California, and to still having a way to interact with those people in a space, yeah, a simulated space is pretty interesting. And so, you know, it's going to take companies like yours to help bring that together yeah i mean it's one thing when you prepare for you know like a site visit or a meeting and things that don't right. know that you're used to but then when you have to do all this virtually you know you know and you're on a webinar or whatever i know when you did the one for ncda first 
And it was just like, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking because you got a lot of different, you're just <laughs> juggling a lot right. of different things at once. And it's, you're right. Cause you're, you're always dealing with technical issues, you know, technology and, and issues with that. Something's not going to work the way, no matter how many times you exactly, tried it, yeah. um, or, or re, um, rehearsed, it's something's always going to go wrong. So of course we ran into that a couple of times. People yeah. th- thought they were sharing their screen, but they really weren't. And, um, but you just work through it. And, and I think everybody kind of understands that. I mean, everybody's yeah. in the same, same boat. So, um, we all just work through it, but yeah, I think you're going to continue to see, I think you once things get back to normal mm-hmm. or, you know, which I think will be a little while before we're kind of back in that comfort zone. Um, I think you'll see a, a little bit of a hybrid of what we're doing now yeah. to what we used to do. I think, uh, companies are even once we're out of this, um, whenever that is that, uh, I think they're going to look and in, in, at some of their uh, the way they do site business and, yeah. and go about doing that. They may um, want to get a lot more info up front on sites and narrow it down to a smaller chunk of sites before they right. start making site business instead of, you know, and I think that's happened over the years, though. Even, mm-hmm. you know, when you first started out doing this, companies would probably go out and look at 50 sites or, you know. Well, it was the amount of time we had on site. Right. was really interesting. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this maybe lengthens some of that exposure with the client. Yeah. Because before they're, you know, they give you 30 minutes on site and then they're back in the car for an hour to the next site. Right. And so now that they don't have, if they're not on scene and not having to travel between sites, do you get more time with them? Yeah, able to dive in more on yeah, each exactly. site. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. You know, we're investing a lot in technology, as mm-hmm. you can see. We're changing yeah. mediums with this, like the this. podcast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, drone videos. We've got a 360 camera. We've got you know just anything and everything we can start to gather digital data because yeah. I don't think paper is going to be enough. Even in you know, before we were submitting PDFs. Right. You know, thought that, woo, you know, we're yeah, that's going to be, that's, that's, that'll be part of it, but you've got to have something. Yeah. yeah you've got to have a lot more. Everyone's expecting sort of video now. Yeah. Some sort of movement. So it's interesting. I know that, uh, you know, working with communities like us, it, you know, or for us to work and try to be successful, it takes a lot of folks. You know, mm-hmm. economic development's a team sport. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> uh, with that, has there been any good partnerships? Um, that y'all have that sort of have stood out that uh, like an example project that man you know these people really pull together yeah and um, I've got well, I can't don't dive into the details of names or anything like that but we had one where keep um, everybody, yeah. yeah everybody's got everything's you know code yeah. name whatever everything right. has to be confidential but uh, we had one you know that uh, I got a phone call at about uh, seven o'clock at night from the local economic developer and they said hey. I know this is last minute, but we've got um, a client that's coming to look at the building they're really interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the site needs a lot of work, and there's a lot of things that go into it, but we really need to have an engineer on site um, to, to kind of maybe dive into it. And I can send you the information tonight. Can you look over it? They're going to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, all right. But I, I was nearby, so it was near my home. So I was like, sure, I can. And then I got to thinking after I got off the phone, I said, well, hey, there's there's an existing building they're going to have upfit so I, mm-hmm. I, I called back and I said you know do you need a general contractor to, to be there as well to kind of take a look with them and they're like yes do you know somebody that you, that you can bring mm-hmm. on that can be there so made a phone call to a buddy and he's like yeah I can be there so we we showed up the next day and and really were able to give them a good sense of what it was going to take to get the building and the site to a point where they were going to need it and then. Um, it kind of snowballed from there. We had to go through quite a few phases of feasibility to see if we right. could turn it in together. But, 
you know, we started pulling, you know, different resources that we knew. And it was um, just a unique project that had a lot of different things involved in it, everything from a stream restoration to, um, you know, upfitting an existing uh, warehouse building to adding on a lean-to office to (laughs) having to regrade it to doesn't have stormwater, so we had to put in stormwater. And it was just uh, a lot of different things that you could add into a project, but we just pieced it together and found ways and, and, and had to, you know, reach out to people and, you know, even for ourselves and the, the general contractor, some areas that, that took us out of our comfort zone, but we found consultants and things like that that really um, helped us get our heads wrapped around what we were doing in certain areas and, and put it all together. And yeah. um, it's turned into a project that's in construction now. So, yeah, it's been uh, been a pretty interesting uh, one. That's been since August of last year. So it's almost been a year that, that we've been working on it. So, wow. yeah. So when looking at... Um, just a general project, you know, Sentara coming into that um, that project initially. What are the benefits of, of bringing someone like you on you know, in the long term? You know, again, we talked to Clint, you know, on the surveying side, right? Doing those kind of things, initial survey, topo, um, some civil engineering side of it, but you know, tip of the spear kind of things. You're right. also in that same category. Yeah. Of, you know, in the very beginning, how do you? bring value to the client to the project so if it's i mean for our economic development clients where we bring value to them is we help them get an idea of what they can do with their existing sites um so if they've got a site and they're you know they want to get some conceptual site plans Mm -hmm. or get an idea of what size facility they could um fit there from a you know in in an understandable financial standpoint where you can't you know yeah you can say you can fit a certain build of a certain size there, but it's going to take millions of yards of, of, of right. fill to, to do it. But um, to optimize the layout they from... They can't fill a ravine. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, I mean, you can, but I mean, again, money solves everything. If you've got enough, you can <laughs> right. build whatever you want. But um, realistically, looking at it from a financial standpoint and a grading standpoint and giving them an idea of what they can fit in place um, and then using that to to again get into some of the things we were talking about like site fly you know site marketing flyers where we dive into conceptual site plans three-dimensional models um, showing buildings and layouts on sites um, uh, different you know aerial maps transportation maps showing connectivity Mm -hmm. to highways and and inland ports or ports or cities um, cut fill maps cost opinions things like that you know that really help them advertise that site and show right. what it's capable of doing and they can present it when they're going after a, a code project and um you know and then you know story maps and things like that where we we can uh help the not only the county and the economic developer but help them kind of advertise their their region and their mm-hmm. county um but on the site for a specific project where we help is hey we've, we've got this layout we know we want this size hundred thousand square foot building with six docks and we want parking separated away from the dock mm-hmm. area we need trailers you know storage for however many trailers and just say you know here's a layout you know this is how this works and this is a, you know how much the site development cost is going to ha- be and um you know even then there's sometimes where whether it's our private developer partners or uh, economic developers to say hey can you do a three-dimensional model for us to show, you know, this right. owner that's coming in what this would look like. So we can put together one of those models and say... Because people aren't visual. Right. I mean, they, you take them out to a site and they just see either grass, hopefully it's grass, you know, and now <laughs> right. you can take them out to a treed site and that, those are even the harder ones to, to sell off. But if you can go out to a site and, and they see a visual model of what that building would look like on site, um, I think I've told you this story before. I did a, 
um, a site visit for a client of ours. They had somebody coming in to look at it, and yeah. it's just a clear site, and it's an old uh, peach orchard that, that that just sits out there and um, doesn't really have anything to, to bite onto. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually took the largest screen that I had in my office at the time and um, had a uh, DC to AC converter in my truck, plugged it in, plugged the screen in, got my laptop set up and had the 3D model that we did like a revol- like a virtual yeah. flyover, and I had that playing while we were doing the site visit. And everybody was like, I hadn't seen this before. And, and I'm, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. I'm right. Like, yeah. But it gave them a visual because they were like, well, where are we standing? I'm like, we're actually right here. And they were looking at the screen and they looked back on the site yeah, and they kind of see, see what that building looked like. So you things like that. Mind's eye. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess that's becoming the, that would be the new norm as we start to go forward. Right. You You're going to get into the goggles on site and yep, things like exactly. that. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I, can imagine too that you're sitting there with a client and you know they're like well i want the building oriented this way yeah i mean you're like well if you put the loading docks on the other side you just saved yourself x number hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah in that value i think because again they have in their mind they're already set you know how they're going to lay out everything on the inside but then you show them that and it changes yeah i mean you start showing them some solid numbers and they're like Oh yeah, I like that idea much better. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I can reverse the, yeah, if, the inside. If we did this, then you just saved about a million dollars in site work, and they're like, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. let's go that avenue, and yeah, <laughs> we we see that quite often, and um, but even in you know in our long long term, so it, you know, Centera, we're very much an industrial, um, you know, most of our projects aren't on the industrial side yeah. and so you know we work all the way through the beginning part of a project like that on the preliminary side and then through civil site design permitting um, we do some due diligence um, services as well but then we do a lot on the the back end when a, a manufacturer or whoever's in place mm-hmm. they've got um, you know their things they've got to go through whether it's EPA or the state oh, yeah. uh, environmental through their yearly permitting that they've got to do air emissions or um, um, stormwater and things like that. We do all those things. So we can be their consultant through their life cycle, however yeah. long they're at the plant. Um, and that's how we've, we've grown, you know, good relationships with a lot of different manufacturers over the southeast over the past 26 years. So yeah. so looking at, obviously, you know, we've mentioned it a couple times here, the, the COVID-19 pandemic and all that, and the, how that has affected our world and our businesses. You know, we've mentioned um, and discussed a little bit in the past where uh, with folks that our activity year over year, January to May, we're down about 55%. Yeah. But our activity is starting to, we're starting to see some, Pop up. some yeah, light at the end of the tunnel here in activity picking back up. How has it been for you guys? I, I'm assuming y'all slowed down too as people yes. sort of paused. Are you seeing a, an upward ramp in activity? Uh, we're seeing a lot, of, yeah, a lot of activity the last three weeks or so. Um, we we were looking to have a blockbuster year, mm-hmm. um, kind of, uh, especially for on our side on the civil design. We had a lot of, of things that were looking to, to go. Um, and then about mid-March, everything, of course, just shut down. And we had three pretty sizable projects that were going to happen in April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. Um, and all three went on hold. Uh, one of those probably not coming back around, but the other two are probably pushed off till next year. Um, but the, the thing that started to worry me a little bit was mid-March to about the beginning of May. Yeah. Uh, normally, any given week, I get about three to five phone calls a week to quickly look at a site, take mm-hmm. a glance at something, or a codename project that you know uh, you might reach out on and say, hey, does this right. type of layout fit? 
Um, and we were not getting any of those for quite a few weeks. And zero. The, right, zero. Like, I mean, we might have had maybe two or three in that whole time period. And that was that's what was worrisome yeah, for me because – Yeah, because you don't have – there's nothing in the pipeline at that yeah. point. You're not – I mean, you don't expect every one of those to hit. But, you you know, if you're doing 20 of them, you're hopeful that anywhere between two and five of those might actually hit. And when you're doing two or three, the odds are right. not in your favor. So Yeah, we always uh, refer to it as like a batter going up in baseball. So, right. You know. I, I got to have opportunities to at least. Exactly. Play, so. Yeah. And so, and not seeing any of those. But anyway, the last three weeks, we've seen a huge uptick. I mean, I'm, I'm probably getting five to eight calls a week uh, to say, to take a glance at something, take a look at things. Yeah. Um, so that's very promising. Um, now, the next step is, you know, when, when equity's got to come in and money's got to get laid <laughs> right, down, is, right. is that going to happen? Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that there's no. You know, the things that we're seeing with, with the buyers, are, they're going to, you know, those things are going to happen. And I'm just hopeful that there, there's nothing that's going to shock everybody back into just a lockdown mode because that's right. that uh, I think that's going to be, you know, just expand everything out even longer to come yeah. back from. So I hope and I like you. I can't imagine yeah. that we would shut it down again. Hopefully we've learned. Yeah, I really hope we don't have to get to that point. Yeah. The, Figured out maybe strategies. some areas might have to yeah. go into those types of things and and um, but yeah overall just and I think all that kind of and it won't get deep into this but I think a lot of that was just stemmed from we don't know we just didn't know what yeah. was going on and exactly what the so we just knew if everybody stayed away from each other then you know right. it, it was better so let's do that and kind of yeah. see where it goes but and I think we did that you know, yeah. we flattened the curve and again like you're saying I think people you, you didn't know what you didn't know yeah. with this thing and so mm-hmm. we you can't Monday morning quarterback you know sort of some of the decisions yeah. at this point i think everyone did the best they could but now that we have got information yeah we knew we a couple don't. things and that was if we stay away from each other then right. it has a hard time spreading and yeah so just wash your hands and that kind of thing so right. they're like just stick to those and we did those pretty hardcore yeah. for our as county, everybody knows for a our couple county months just created little buttons that say you know stay six feet apart so we're still we're yep. still preaching that so. yeah well dan thank you so much for being here i think that's about all the time we have today but I uh, want to thank you so much. Happy and, to be here. Uh, thank Sentara for their support. As you know, this podcast and other marketing uh, activities that we do here in this office requires the support of the Union County Economic Development Growth Enterprise. And you guys have been a uh, staunch supporter and, and one of the original supporters of the EDGE. And so thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And for everybody uh, uh, listening, thank you so much. And look forward to uh, bringing more content like this in the future. Thank you and have a great day.